I don't think there's a name that's been mentioned on the OHL podcast more than the name of the guest we have with us this week. So I don't know if that means he's got photos of a lot of people in a lot of places, or I don't know, <laughs> he hands out checks for gifts, whatever the case may be. Uh, Jason Denneby joins us on the pod. Denno, thanks so much for being here. Hey, happy to be here, Mike. Yeah. I'll tell you, I mean, I'm not joking when I say that. The number of people who have referenced you at various times through our conversations is uh, is pretty incredible, including very recently, Mark Matier, and we'll get into that because he obviously was up in the Sioux uh, when you yeah. were there as well. But I, I don't think we can start without talking about the really, I think, biggest part of your OHL career for sure. And that was in your first year when you are part of the trade for none other than the big E. You, DeCoff, Leonard Doozy, and a couple of picks go from Oshawa to Sault Ste. Marie for Eric Lindros. How did that feel as a rookie? Well, it was it was kind of a surprise to be honest with you. Like we uh, like to make the team was first and foremost my first goal to make Oshawa. I was a fifth round draft pick and probably, you know, thanks to Bass, I think he took me a little earlier than I was actually rated. So, uh, and then when I made the team, uh, there was about a group of four rookies that basically. You played three games, you sat out one, you played three games, sat out one. And, and you know, I was doing decent, but I was still sitting out every once in a while. And uh, come Christmas time, you know, the team was doing fairly good and I was doing fairly good. And then uh, basically the last game before Christmas, uh, they pulled me in a room and said, uh, you've just been traded to Sault Ste. Marie. So uh, I was a little shocked at first because well, I'm young and... Uh, and uh, my father was there and he said, you're what? And I was like, yeah, I just got traded to St. Marie. And, and yeah, so um, best thing that ever happened to me, mind you. But uh, yeah, I was shocked at first for sure. And at that time too, like, so you're a young kid, you're a few months into your OHL career. And yep. you mentioned Oshawa was doing pretty well at the time. Obviously that's the year they went on to yep. win a Memorial Cup over your hometown, which is a whole other, I guess, sidebar story. But anyway, you're going from a team that was running really well to a team in the Sioux that was, quite frankly, exactly the opposite. Didn't even make the playoffs that year. Pretty lean, yeah. Uh, that, yeah that Oshawa team was great. And and kudos to that uh, the leadership group there, Ian Fraser and, you know, uh, O'Hagan and Craig Donaldson and that group, Joe Basillo was there too. And that was that was an awesome group. Uh, to come into the OHL with, they treated the young guys like gold. So it was a great transition for me uh, to get to know those guys and just to see how the everyday thing works out. You know what I mean? So uh, it was great. Uh, and, you know, kudos for them. They they knew they had something good there and they went and got it done. So, yeah. You mentioned Sherry Bassett, and when he took you in the fifth round, maybe rated you higher than maybe you even thought perhaps you would have been. Was there yeah, any well, relationship there? No, there was no relationship. I, I I was playing for the Green Shirts at the time, the the AAA team in in Kitchener, and uh, uh, it was my second year playing for the Green Shirts. I played as an underage the year before, and then that summer after my first year, I made the the provincial team. And I decided to go back to Midget again. And Mike Wright, who was my coach, who was an awesome coach, by the way, in Kitchener, uh, 
you know, we had a few conversations and when the ratings came out, I was always around eighth or ninth round kind of thing. And, and he said, you just keep on working. And uh, we went to the draft. I forget where the draft was that year, but we went to the draft and uh, sure enough, I was picked in the fifth round. So I was pretty happy about that. Yeah. How hard was it to go as far as Sault Ste. Marie? I, cause I'm, I'm just trying to put yourself, you know, in the position of a 16, 17 year old kid. It's a different story yeah. now. And you're, you're well-traveled being down on the East yeah. coast. But at that time, yeah. when you're Southern Ontario kid playing still in Southern Ontario with Oshawa and they say, yeah. Oh yeah, not only have you been traded, but you're going as far North as we can send you in this. League. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty shocking. Eh? <laughs> yeah. I've never, I would never, uh, I was never there. I was never in Sault Ste. Marie before. So, and I didn't really know much about the town or, or uh, the hockey there. And uh, other than, you know, we were in a different division, so I don't even know if we played them yet uh, that year. Um, but I think I took it in stride. Like I knew like it was part of the part of the game. And, uh, you know, when I talked to them, like when Cherry called me after the trade and he said, you're going to get opportunities to play. And that was good enough for me. Like if I could play, then then I was good with it. So that's what I wanted to do. And and uh, it worked out great because that second half of the season, when I started playing for the Sioux, I had played uh, with Colin Miller. Uh, was my centerman and uh, you know I got regular playing time and actually pumped a bunch of goals in in the second half so it really was a good move for me it, it you know the silver lining is you know I didn't win the cup that year but I got to play so that was my my main thing that uh, I had no problem with it once I got up there. You mentioned Colin Miller. One yeah. of the guys yeah. I reached out to before you and I sat down to talk is a previous guest, Tony Yob. Yeah, and he so, told yeah. me that he still thinks that the trio of you, he, and Miller was the best line he ever had the chance to play on. Almost instant chemistry. What do you remember of playing with those two guys? The exact same thing, to be honest with you. Like my first year when we got there was Tony, me, and Denny Lambert who was an NHL player too. And, and Denny was a great player and hard nosed and whatever. But when Tony got there, things just started to click. We were putting up some points and, you know, my, my role on that line, because Colin and Tony were really offensive and Tony could fight too, but my role was basically be the high guy, make sure we're good defensively and, and uh, you know what I mean? And work in the corners and get them the puck. And it worked out well for me too. I ended up scoring a few few points myself, but uh, that was an awesome line. And, you know, Colin Miller, <laughs> probably one of the most underrated centermen I think I've ever seen. Like he was just, they had a knock on him for his skating, but he got to where he needed to be and, and the plays that he could make is just phenomenal. Yeah, he was a great player. Does playing with a guy like Tony make you six inches taller on the ice too? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I probably thought more than I probably should have, but uh, I always know that uh, Tony had my back. That's for sure. He was, he was a great line mate. He was, he was tough as nails. That guy. It, it's funny. You mentioned that probably fought more than you should have. When you Google Jason Denemy's name on the first page of results, I think uh, brings up a YouTube video of one of your tilts. Do you remember the first one you had in the OHL? Yeah, Mike Jackson. 
I think that's the one that's still coming up on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> Mike Jackson. Yeah, that was my first. Well, I had fought in training camp against another rookie, but that was my first OHL fight. And I basically just swung my fists as, as many times as I could. Uh, he was a 20-year-old, I think, or or an 18 or 19-year-old. And uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if it was a good uh, good partner to pick, but yeah, I remember that fight very well. It's interesting that all these years later, Deno, you can still remember the name of the player you yep. first fought. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's an amazing uh, thing when you look back at it, uh, how many guys that you come in touch with. And that's kind of the good thing about the OHL too, because maybe the reason why people are mentioning my name is because in the off season, you would see these guys or you'd work out with them. And it was, it was, it's like, you know, a little mini NHL, like they're your buddies off the ice, but once you get on the ice, it's something different, right? So that first full year for you up in yep. the Sioux, what a turnaround. I mean, Sherry Basson's the executive of the year and yep. you've got a team that was out of the playoffs the year before <laughs> and wins the OHL championship in your first full season there, second overall in yep. Sioux St. Marie. Was there a point in time that season that you kind of realized that something special was going on here? I think about after Christmas time, like we knew things were going fairly well and we were starting to get on a roll. And, um, you know, the, with the coaching staff there and Sherry, they were just, they were so good at being honest, honest all the time to, to make sure we were focused and, and all that kind of stuff. But we kind of knew that that things were going in the right direction. And our young kids that year were great, like Mateer and Bannister and Sean Ember on defense. And we still had other good defensemen there too. And like, like Butter and Tylee and Bugner. So it was, we were set up to, to know that we would probably go fairly far. Like it took a lot of work though. It wasn't easy for sure. Like, during playoffs was a grind for sure. And, uh, and uh, we just, you know, kept on plugging away and, and had the, the work ethic to do it, I think, and the, and the drive to do it. And, and Teddy was such a great motivator. Like he would, if you couldn't get pumped up after talking to Teddy, then there was something wrong with you. And Danny Flynn, of course, was awesome as well. So, yeah. you know, when we were talking to Mateer not too long ago, he said the same thing about that run. It's yeah. a grind. And I think we all know that many still say the Memorial cup is the <laughs> yeah. toughest trophy to win in yeah. hockey. But yeah. did you realize along the way, Deno, that you were on that collision course with Eric Lindros and the Oshawa generals? Well, we kind of knew that they like coming of their division that they were going to be right there. And, uh, but we didn't, I don't think they really, the coaches never really uh, hyped it up much until probably the, the finals in our division. And uh, when we knew we were going against Oshawa, that's when things kind of like, oh my God, we're going against Lindros and Oshawa. This is going to be crazy. And, uh, but like I said, the coaches were great. They had video, they had uh, all kinds of stuff. And I remember Sherry Basson coming in the dressing room saying, listen, we're, we're not going to drive up there. We're going to fly up there because we don't want you guys tired and on the bus for that long. And, and so you guys be ready to play. And we were, we were super pumped to be there with, you know, national stage type stuff. Right. 
And uh, being from Sault Ste. Marie, we don't really get national stage that much. So, um, so it was it was exciting for us, and and we did have a bone to pick. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> maybe not as players so much, but the city did, right? So Sault Ste. Marie didn't like him at all, and uh, so uh, yeah, we we were pretty pumped for that whole series. I wondered about that because do you remember yeah. how the fans treated Lindros during oh, yeah. that series when he was back? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I remember the signs and all that kind of stuff and probably unfair to him, but you know, it was just the way that they felt. Right. So they felt they were getting shunned and, but you know what, he was, he was only going to be in the league for two years anyways. Right. So, you know, it was, it was a smart move uh, I think by Bass to trade his rights and, and uh, get some other players and, and take a longer course to get there maybe. So you win that OHL championship and then it's off to, I believe the Q hosted that year. Back so the first city, yeah. Yeah. So the first chance for you to go to a Memorial Cup, what was that experience like for you? It was great. Uh, I think we were, we were gassed. We were gassed that, that playoff run. I think when we got there, we weren't the same team. Um, we didn't have any fans there because Sault Ste. Marie had just won English only, uh, took all the road signs off that were in French. So they didn't like us very much. And um, we ran into some good teams like that uh, Spokane team with Ray Whitney and Pat Balloon. And, you know, there were some good teams there. So um, me, I think in Drummondville. So uh, yeah, we struggled that tournament for sure. I know we didn't win a game, I don't think. And I, Spokane cleaned us in the last game, 7-3, but we were pretty distraught. And when we got in the dressing room, I just remember the coach, Teddy, coming in and saying, you know what? This is not the end. We're not done yet. We got next year. Let's let's go back and regroup. So, and, uh, and that's what we did. So. That's incredible to me because, you know, even on, on my side of this game, you know, I, I yeah. come into a season and it's training camp time and I'm like, oh my gosh, like we're going to play a few exhibition games and then we've got 68 regular season games and then who the heck knows. And I'm just thinking about that as, as somebody that works in the league. I can't imagine being a player and thinking like good on Ted and I'm not surprised yeah. to hear that coming from yeah. a coach like him, but I can't imagine what that's like for you mentally as a player. You've just gone through all of this. You went through that grind. You get past Oshawa. You have a really rough Memorial Cup. I mean, can you even get your head around the idea that, oh, we'll be back here in 12 months? Yeah, yeah it's it's like, I'm sure he said it as like, you're not done. Like, but I'm sure we, we, <laughs> we were pretty upset in the dressing room after. Like, there was a lot of tears and a lot of like, I don't know if it was tears of just being sad or just tears of exhaustion, really, to be honest with you. It was just, it was a lot emotionally to take in. And I think he just said the right things that, you know, even if you can wallow in it for the time being, but you go home in the summer and you say, yeah, let's get ready for next year and, and take another run at it. So what was it like <laughs> playing for Ted Nolan? He was fantastic. He, he gets the most out of any player. I know he, if you needed a kick in the arse, he'd give you a kick in the arse. If you needed a tap in the back, he'd give you a tap in the back. He was like that with me. He knew how to push my buttons to get me to play the right way. And when I screwed up, I heard about it. And when I played good, I heard about it. So you can't ask more for, for that from a coach. You know what I mean? Like as far as a player's coach goes, uh, 
you want to be held accountable for what your actions are. And, and he did that. And he did that. Everybody, it didn't matter if you're a star or right down to the fourth line, you knew it. And uh, it's kind of a nice feeling, right? It's, you know, I say to my son now, like, you know, if the coach is saying something to you, listen to him because he's, he's trying to help you. He's not trying to berate you. He's, he's trying to help you. And, and Ted was certainly like that for sure. You mentioned his name before, and I want to talk a little bit about him as well, because sometimes yeah. I think with Ted Nolan, he gets overlooked, but Danny Flynn. Unbelievable. Just like just a smart, smart hockey guy could break down other teams, power plays, penalty kills, breakouts, all that kind of stuff. And, and a super nice guy too, like really good guy. He was a good hockey player in his day. I don't know if many people know that, but he was like the leading scorer of the Newfoundland senior league at one point. Like he was a good, he was a good player too. So, so he knew the game really well and him and Ted compliment each other really well. And it was, it was nice to have him around as well as Ted because it just helped the whole package really come together. I think, you know, I think of that now as a, as a group up there with, Sherry Basson as a GM yeah. and then Ted and Danny as two of your coaches. I mean, yeah. I don't know that it gets much better than that in the Canadian no, hockey league. No, they, they were fantastic. And, and Sherry was like, Sherry is a good motivator too. I, I don't know if you ever seen him talk in the dressing room, but he can get you pumped up pretty quick. He's, he's good at it as well. He coached in his day. So, uh, and one-on-ones he would, he would say all the things that you wanted to hear and, some things that you didn't at some points, but he was, he was fantastic. I like Jerry a lot. So in the fall of 91, the chance to go back to where Ted said you would be back to the yep. following season. Uh, what do you remember of that season as it went along? Like, did you again, reach that point where you're like, you know what, what coach Nolan told us last year might just come true. Yeah, well, there was there's a few things that that changed that year because we had lost uh, Bootner, Tiley, and Foot, right? So <clears throat> those were three big defensemen that uh, were phenomenal defensemen. But with Ember and Bannister and, and Matier coming up, and uh, we added a couple more, and Brian Gowdy, who was probably pound for pound the toughest guy I've ever met. But once we got those guys in training camp and and we started to play, you could see that. Well, these young guys, Ralph Intranuvo and Jarrett Reed too. And like, you could see these guys were already progressing. So their game had jumped up as well. And, and we started off pretty good. And um, we did have a little lax there at one point, I think. And we brought in Chris Simon, uh, which was great to have Chris on our team. And he was really uh, going through some stuff at the time, like just penalty wise and stuff. But I think Sherry and, and Ted, got him down to where he was, he was playing some good hockey and stuff. And, and uh, yeah, we started to roll. We had a, you know, a couple of hiccups in the playoffs against Kitchener there, the first round there, they took us seven games and uh, North Bay took us seven games. So it was, it was a lot more difficult, I think in, in the second, uh, second run at her, but uh, we were a good team. We were still a good team. We had Kevin Hodgson in that too. So uh, Kevin was fantastic goaltender. So, how did the fans in Kitchener treat you when you came back with the Sioux Greyhounds? Actually, not too bad, actually. Uh, it's a funny story. My dad, uh, who just passed away this year, he used to sit in Section 20 
and uh, his friends used to, to give him the gears all the time about me, but I'd go out and score one or something like that, and he'd laugh at them, and uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny there. So your your father would get it worse than you did on the ice. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. Uh, you mentioned Chris Simon. So Cy yep. and Gowdy on the same team, I recall, and I think it was Mateer that said, Teddy just liked to go out and get the toughest guy in all of Canada to play for yep. those teams. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. Uh, Gowdy was like pound for pound. Gowdy was was the toughest player I think I've ever seen. Fighter, I guess I should say. He was tough too, but, and he was decent and he was just a free agent pickup he, from the Palm Manitoba, I believe. And um, yeah, he fit in real well with us. And then, and of course, Simon, uh, we didn't want him to fight too much. We wanted him to play more, but uh, his presence out there made everybody feel taller for sure. And uh, yeah, he was good with Ralphie and, uh, and uh, I think it was Matos on his line or, or Rick Walski. So yeah, they, they, uh, they were an awesome line and, and it was good to have Chris on the run for sure. You mentioned after going seven versus Kitchener early, you had to go seven again this time versus North Bay in the final. How tough yeah. was that series? They were a, they were a good team. They had some really good players, um, John Spaltor and and that group. So they they were a tough team to beat uh, for sure. And uh, it came down to the final game, and I think they were all one goal games or overtime games. I'm not sure, but. It was, uh, that was a grind against them. We were lucky to get out of that for sure. Yeah, they were good. Tony Yob told me that he had to tackle you once after an OT winner. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was in, uh, that was against Oshawa. Yeah, yeah. That was, um, we were down 5-1 against Oshawa in the finals the year previous. And uh, our line played phenomenal that game. Actually, we'd, uh, I think Tony had scored one, and then I scored the the third goal to make it five three, um, and then we scored. I think Colin scored another one to make it five four, and then we scored another one to tie it up, and it went into overtime, and uh, the puck went back to the point, and I was just battling from the net uh, against Dave Cravage, and uh, our defenseman shot it, and it went off the backboards, came out to the other side of the net, and I wasn't really even looking. I just swung around. And it hit my stick and went in and that was it. So it was probably the biggest goal I've ever scored for sure. I have the newspaper print of it uh, still with Tony on my back. Yeah, he, yeah. And he was not a light man. Let me tell you, I was only about 170 pounds. So having Tony on my back wasn't, uh, wasn't pleasant, but it, it didn't feel a thing at that moment for sure. That is fantastic. I yeah. love it. So you get through North Bay, all of a sudden it's back-to-back -back OHL championships and then yeah. another chance at the Memorial Cup. I'm almost, I almost hate to bring it up, Deno, because we all know how that one ended. You're in the final this time <laughs> and with 14.6 seconds remaining, Kamloops gets the winner. Yeah, that, it, it's unfortunate too because we're, we're on four on two. So I think Ralphie was going down the wing and Simon was trailing behind him. And I think we had two other guys up a little further and uh, the drop pass came back just a little too, kind of handcuffed Chris and went through his legs and <clears throat> Scott Niedemeyer picked up the puck. Long pass, breakaway scores. So yeah, we were pretty deflated on that one for sure.
So when I talked to Mark Mateer, he said that winning it the following year, obviously after having lost the previous two, because he was there for all three, That's but right. he, he talked about guys like you. That was one of the other times that your name came up yeah. on our podcast, Colin Miller, all these other guys who were there and didn't get to ultimately climb that mountain when the Sioux hosted in 93. Yeah. But he says they thought of you guys and those, the foundation, the building blocks that were there. How did you feel watching the Hounds win it? The next oh, time? I was elated. I was, I watched it. It was, it was great. Uh, you know, those guys put in so much work and Teddy and Danny and Sherry and the, the whole community of Sault Ste. Marie deserved that, like that. And to host it too, right? So, <laughs> you know, that was, that was phenomenal to see. It was just, it was great. I'm, I'm happy for those guys to win it. I'm, you know, I'm upset that I didn't win it, but I was there twice. Like, not a lot of people can say you were at the Memorial Cup twice. So, you know, I was super happy for them. And they're all good guys. Like, there's not one bad egg in that whole bunch, uh, you know. So, Killer, for sure, like, Ryan or Rick Kowalski deserved that for sure. Like, he had three-game winners, I think, in Seattle. He was just playing phenomenal. He was a captain of that team and and he deserved that too. So those guys, they worked for it. They didn't, they didn't get it for free. So they deserve whatever they got for sure. Yeah. And you talk about going to two, why not go to the two that your team is not hosting? So you get to go to Seattle, you get to go to Quebec city, see a little <laughs> bit of North America. Eh? Exactly. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. Absolutely. Yeah. Where do, where do you keep the championship rings? I have them in, uh, we have a little safe at home that I put them in there. My kids, when my kids were younger, they used to get into them when they were just out. So I put them in the, in the safe. So they're, they're still in the safe. And every once in a while, I'll bring them out, but I don't wear them very often. You talk about that community, uh, Sault Ste. Marie, and how it had the chance to host in 93. It's hoping to host again in 2024. What would yeah. you uh, say about the Memorial Cup being hosted there again? Well, I'd love to see it go back to Sault Ste. Marie. I, the new rink, I guess, is beautiful. So I haven't been yet. Um, I did see something that you posted. You did a little uh, tour of it there. So, um, yeah, I think look, it's just a great, great hockey city. The people there are fanatics. Like when we were playing Oshawa in 90, there was lineups overnight to get tickets uh, for the first game. So... You know, it's it's just a great, great hockey city. They treat all the players like gold. <clears throat> It'd be great to see that see them hosting again for sure. You wouldn't have any trouble finding the new arena or arena exactly. it's, it's it, the They same... built it. It's the same footprint. They just moved it like right next door on the parking lot. What used to be the parking lot is now the arena. So oh, is that right? Hey, good. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't have able... the light. Doesn't have the light tower in the front though. No, the light. <laughs> that part they did get rid of. They did get yes. rid of it. Yeah. But, you know, you talk about that community, too, and we were just up there recently, obviously, yeah. and, and I got to thinking about it. And, you know, for a guy that works out of Kitchener, sometimes yeah. I'll bitch and moan about, oh, my gosh, I got to travel all the way to Sudbury. I got to travel all the way to North Bay. I got to go all the way to the Sioux. You guys, I mean, three and a half, four hour road trips were basically the minimum. We've got a 20 minute yeah. trip that goes to Guelph as one of our road trips. I mean, there's nothing to complain about in other markets for sure. Yeah, no, it was, it was, there were some grueling ones for sure, but they had, they had scheduled it out. Like a lot of people don't understand this, but they scheduled it out. So like when we left Sault Ste. Marie and we were going, let's say to the M's division at the time, and I don't know what's called now, but the, the M's division. So you'd play like Detroit, Windsor, London, 
Kitchener and then come home. So you were there, you're down there for quite a bit. The only real long ones really were when you were going to like Niagara Falls or places like that when you had to go, you know, straight through right to Niagara Falls and, and that area. So, but you get used to it like fairly quick. Like the first couple of years or the first year, I guess, you know, you, you think it's long and, and, you know, but the boys on the bus are having a good time. You're sleeping a lot and, uh, and they treat you pretty good on the bus just food wise. And, you know, it's, you get used to it, I guess. Um, and you're, you come together as a team. Like if you're hanging out with buddies on your team for eight hours, well, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get a group together, right? To gel together. And uh, that's the way we were. That's exactly what one of the players said to me when I was talking to him up in yeah. Sault Ste. Marie when we were just there. And I thought of it as a junior hockey market too, you know, yeah. and it strikes me as, I mean, I, I know it's getting up there into Northern Ontario, kind of the gateway to yeah. the real North up there, the yeah. farther North, like Thunder Bay and all that other stuff. But yeah. it's, it's the right size city where the Greyhounds are like the game in town. And you talk about those overnight lineups for that series versus Oshawa. Oh, I mean, they love their junior hockey up there. Absolutely. Like when, even when we came back from Seattle and we didn't win, we still had a parade. Like they still put a parade on for us and like thousands of people came out. Like, it's just a great community and they get behind you and they treat you so well. So, um, and the school, the schools look after you really well. And, you know, it was just a great experience for me. I wouldn't change it for the world, to be honest with you. And, and I would tell any young hockey player that lives in Southern Ontario, you know, don't, don't put your nose up at the Sioux because it's probably one of the best uh, hockey markets you can go to. So. What was the arena that you least liked to play in as a visitor? Windsor. <laughs> How did I know you were going to say that? How did I know? <laughs> we, we couldn't, we couldn't win in Windsor my second year there. And uh, during the morning skate, Teddy brought out sweetgrass. And so we all got in a circle and it's a native American thing. And uh, we, he lit the sweet grass and we, we got rid of the jinx and we won that night. So we couldn't win for the first couple of times we were there and he's like we're gonna do something and so this is what we did so we did sweet grass and put uh smoke all over everybody and yeah so it was pretty funny no i didn't like that the the, the fans were nasty nasty fans in windsor yeah that's the, and and they're right on top of you in that right old barn too right yeah. yeah 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 where was the yeah. toughest place or who who was the toughest guy you had to play against? Uh, well, Lindros would be right up there for sure. Uh, yeah. Louis DeBrusque was one tough cookie. He uh, my rookie year. He's he was scary lining up against him. He was a left winger and I was a right winger. So you know you lined up against Louis DeBrusque. He was you know you had your eyes open there too. Um, there was a lot of tough players back then. Holy smokes. Yeah, there's lots. What Coming a different Hatcher, you know, guys like that were tough. Such a different era, eh? Like we could, we could yeah. probably spend ten minutes rattling off the names of these guys you know, that were heavyweights that we used to call them. And I, the, listen, I I think we'll agree that the game is in a pretty good place right now. But I agree. Gosh, it's what we're talking thirty years ago. What a difference! 
Yeah, there'd be four or five guys on any team that could knock your head off pretty quick if you weren't paying attention. So, yeah, it was it's it's a different game now. And like I watch my 15 year old skate now, and he's 10 times the skater I was back then. So, you know, the game has totally changed, but I think it's for the better. And uh, you know, they can still play tough now, but it's it's more skilled, and I think that's what it should be as well. Um, you know, maybe back in the day, if it was more skilled, uh, like I wasn't the most skilled guy, but, you know, I could skate a little bit and I wasn't very big. So uh, it might have suited my game a little bit more, but I liked playing back then. It was it was fun hockey to play. Like you played tough, but you but we were still good enough to, you know, to show some skill, too. So um, the game is different. Yes. But the hockey was still good back then and the hockey's good now. So. You, you've stayed involved in it. You can't really get away from it, can you? Well, I, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I coached for a while. I coached Junior B for a while here in Charlottetown, uh, 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 Junior B for a while. And then I started coaching with my young fellow, my oldest fellow when he was younger, but I got out of it probably around Pee Wee. And I just decided that uh, I wanted to watch. Um, so I'm still involved a little bit with UPEI, the Alumni Association here. We have the best alumni at UPEI ever, if you want to plug that. Uh, our alumni game every year draws about 60 guys. Uh, there's no other university in Canada that would draw 60 guys to an alumni game, I think. So, um, yeah, we, uh, we love our UPEI Panthers here. So I'm still involved a little bit in that. But I like my watching my two young ones play. Yeah, the 15-year-old and the 11-year-old. The yeah, they're fun to watch. That alumni game is so well attended, Deno, because everybody yeah. can't wait to get back to the island. That's true. That's right? Possibly true. Or or they're or they're from somewhere else and have stayed here. <laughs> kind of like of you. Yeah. 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 What, it's a what, beautiful spot. What took you down that way? Well, that's a funny story too. So after uh, Seattle, uh, there was only going to be a couple, well, you only had two overage spots, right? So I knew that Kevin Hodson was going to be a lock and Rick Kowalski just came off uh, three game winning goals at the Memorial Cup. And uh, so I knew the writing was on the wall. And uh, so I just planned on going back to training camp and about halfway through the summer, uh, I called Bass and I said, Bass, I got a few universities looking at, at me. What do you think I should do? And he was straight up. He goes, Jason, he goes, I think you should go to university. And uh, I, I thought the same too. And, I, and he goes, I can trade your rights and you can go somewhere else. And I think I ended up getting traded to, to Kingston or there was a deal in place for me to go to Kingston. Uh, but I decided to go to university. So I had chances to go <clears throat> to Laurier or uh, I was thinking about going to Laurentian actually in Sudbury. Because uh, it was close to Sault Ste. Marie at the time, and I still had friends there. And then out of the blue, in I would say late July, UPI called me out of the blue. Billy McMillan was his name, who used to be uh, uh, assistant coach with the New York Islanders and coach of the Colorado Rockies. Anyways, he's an Islander here, and he was the coach. And he's like, "Yeah, we'd like you to to take a trip down and and see the place." And I said, "Well, okay." And it was a free trip. And so uh, I got on the plane and I came down to UPI and I made, 
Don Nelson was here. Um, Jim Samez was here. A guy by the name of Dave Shellington was here who played for Cornwall Royals. Um, there was a bunch of guys here. Uh, KJ White, who played for Windsor. Uh, Spitfires there. So they got off the plane. They met me there. They took me around for a few days, showed me around. And I just said, yep. I said, I love this place. It was a smaller school. <clears throat> uh, the program seemed really good for, for what I wanted to do. And and uh, got back home and I said to my dad, I said, let's find an apartment. So we found an apartment and I had never been to, to the East Coast. I'd never been, you know, this far uh, east. So uh, as soon as I got here, I just fell in love with it. It's, it's the most beautiful place to live, I think. It, it was, it would be interesting to see, and I can understand the appeal, trust me, in yeah. July and August. What was your first winter in Charlottetown like, though? It, it's really not that bad. Like if you look at if you look at the the way the wind travels and and whatever, we don't get like there's some winters that are bad, yes, but most like we we have grass still here. We have green grass here, so some winters can be bad, yes. And it's a different cold. It's cold off the ocean, which is it goes right through you, and the wind's usually high, so. Um, they can be fairly bad, but they're not any worse than they are in Sault Ste. Marie, I can tell you that. Well, and I thought of that too. Like this is quite the spirit of adventure you've got. Yes. So you get traded to Sault Ste. Marie and then you're thinking, okay, maybe Laurier, which is back home, obviously, home, maybe yeah. Laurentian, which is close to Sault Ste. Marie. And yeah. all of a sudden out of the blue, UPEI yeah. comes around and you're yeah. like, I'll take it. Yeah. 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 It, it was, it's, it's funny how it works, but uh, you know, it, it just, when I got here and I met the people and I met the coach and uh, it was totally the right decision for me and, and uh, I'm glad I did it. And I've never left. So I've been here since 93 and I'll never leave probably. I, I'm not surprised. And we can tell Deno that you've never left because I hear that Islander accent coming I know. clean, <laughs> clear as day. It's clear yeah, as day. <laughs> Yeah, Erdl makes fun of me all the time. You know, my my uh, accent has changed. Yeah, I'm no longer from Ontario. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you are officially a PE Islander, no question about it. Well, not to the Islanders, yeah, because yeah, if you're my name's Denemy, so there's no Denemies here other than me. So as soon as they hear the name, they'll say, "Well, you're not an Islander, right?" So my kids are though, so that's good. That's for sure. And so now, now the Denemy family tree has begun on the island. On, right? on the island, for sure. Yeah. You get yeah. mixed up with that Billy McGuigan fella out there at all? Oh, there's the odd time. The odd time. We're on a group chat. There's a bunch of us on a group chat. Ertle and Billy McGuigan and John Nelson and Corby McPherson. And yeah, there's yeah, there's a group chat that we uh, Mike Harding from Peterborough there and Dave LeMay. There's a bunch of us that are on this group chat, and it's. Uh, I'll never let you see it, but it's uh, <laughs> it's quite fun and it's it's constant. It's basically eight hours a day until everybody gets home, and then the next day another eight hours. So, yeah, it's it's quite funny. We uh, we have a few laughs and talk about some old stuff and talk about new stuff too. So, it's great to connect. Uh, social media is a great thing when it works like that, but not so good the other way. So, you know, we uh, <clears throat> yeah, Billy. Uh, Billy's part of our chat, so. 
you know what? I agree completely with that <laughs> way of looking at it when it comes to social media and how connected we can be. It's yeah. fantastic for stuff like that. Yeah. yeah we're smart at, about it too. Like the kids nowadays, they have to, they have to be taught, right? But we kind of, we grew up with what to do and what to not to do. And, and uh, yeah, so uh, it's good for, for reconnecting with friends for sure. But I can see how it could be problems for the younger ones. When you look back, I mean, these relationships, because you start listing off all of those names of guys that went through the Ontario Hockey League. So yeah. hockey and the relationships that you made decades ago continue to be the people that are in your life today. What does that tell you about the game? Well, that's what it's all about, right? That's what sport's all about. And that's what I tell my kids all the time. Like, what would you rather do? Would you rather do sports and, and meet new people all the time, <laughs> create friendships and uh, things that you do together will last forever and uh or do you want to sit at home and play video games right and and not be social with people it, it's such a great game to connect because it's a team game right so <clears throat> the team game everybody's got to be a part of something and that's what makes friendships should we be watching for a denemy name coming up through the quebec major junior league in the mm. near future who knows? <clears throat> we'll know. We'll know this year, I guess. I know now because you mentioned, yeah, fifteen. So I'll be having to watch closely. Yeah, he's he's doing quite well. He's playing. Uh, he's playing at the Mount here. So uh, the Mount Academy is a prep school here, and uh, he's doing really well there. So we'll see what happens. If they tease you, Deno, on the island because of your Ooh. last name, knowing that you're not from there. And Ertz back here in Ontario says, because of your accent, you're no longer an Ontarian. Yeah. You also are sticking out like a sore thumb. For those not watching on YouTube, I'm going to I'm gonna out Deno for the hat that he's wearing. But I thought they were all Habs fans down there, and you're wearing a Leafs cap. I do that on purpose, Mike. So, <clears throat> so yeah, most of my friends around here are Habs fans or Bruins fans, right? Because Boston's fairly close, too. So I do it on purpose. And I have a Scotty Cameron who uh, who played at UPI too. He's from Ontario. <clears throat> Him and I are diehard Leaf fans, and we get we get we get people telling us all the time, "Don't don't go for the Leafs." And we're like, "Oh, come on, we're good." When you were a kid growing up in Kitchener, I mean, when you look back as being a kid growing up in Kitchener. Could you ever have imagined the where hockey would have taken you? <clears throat> no, no, it's yeah. I feel I feel like my life has been a little bit of Forrest Gump in a way. Um, just you know, with the trade happening, you know, out of the blue, like to be going to Sault Ste. Marie and then having the success there, and then coming to UPI and <clears throat> meeting a bunch of good people here. Very lucky, very lucky. That just makes me think. And before I let you go, because you <laughs> and I are basically the same vintage, you must have been going to the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium and watching Al McInnes and Brian Bellows and Jeff Larmer and Wendell Young and all of the rest <laughs> of them there win that first Memorial Cup for Kitchener. I was there. Yep, yeah, I was there the whole time. My dad had season tickets. Yeah, amazing. 
Yeah, and all of, I don't think we had any choice except to become <clears throat> hockey fans and junior hockey fans when you grow up in a market like this. <clears throat> no, it was awesome. I, I remember going to all the games. Sorry, I got a frog in my throat here. Walking around the top, the odd. I remember doing that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's funny you <clears throat> mentioned earlier about that little arena tour I did from Sault Ste. Marie. I did one at the odd not too long ago either. And we can't do that at the odd anymore. You can't walk oh, all the way right? around. No, since the expansion, okay. there's, you can't get all the way around anymore. But Oh, that's too bad. Time marches on, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, listen, Denno, who cares what Ertz says? You can still be an Ontarian <laughs> and a Kitchener boy on this podcast. Uh, really appreciate you making the time and, and sharing some stories with me. No, it was great, Mike. Thanks a lot. I, I love watching it uh, and watching the old guys. So. We are the old guys now. You know that. Oh, right? I know. Oh, I know. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.